Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell. I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs and have been in business for the past 28 years since 1994. Today is Tuesday and what is the date today? Tuesday the 14th. Man, this is flying. We're almost at this mid-month point here. Today's subject is going to be exercise training and ADD or ADHD or perfectionism. This was brought up by a good listener of ours who listens to the show faithfully and always has great input. And that's where I like to get the subject matter from. You know, I want to hear what you guys want to hear, but you know, you got to tell me what you want to hear. And some people do and some people don't. So that was her idea. And I think it's a great one because, man, do I suffer from that myself. Um, I'm going to get into all that. But before I do, it's time to thank our sponsors, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden at the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. They currently have over 275 star reviews on Zillow. They're actually the best at what they do. If you need help with any real estate needs, please give Jonathan and or Lynn a shout at 386-451-2412 or thegildengroup.com. All right. So first off, ADD or ADHD or perfectionism and OCD, they all kind of go in line with each other and exercise. All right, perfectionism goes more with OCD and ADD and ADHD goes more with boredom, as you may or may not know. First, a little uh, terminology to get everybody caught up. So ADD used to be, it used to be called ADD, Attention Deficit Disorder, and then somebody in all their infinite wisdom decided at one point to change it to ADHD, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity disorder who knows why they had to make the change um, because that's very deceiving by the way I think that's why uh, I don't like it personally because not everybody that has some ADD which I think in today's day and age uh, our brains have been programmed to need to be stimulated all the time I kind of don't know anybody that doesn't have it a little bit but anyway people with ADD don't always have the hyperactivity part you know, not bouncing off the walls. They are uh, just bored, looking for different forms of stimulation, but that does not mean hyperactive. So it's a little deceiving there. Uh, another side note on that is that personally, in most cases, I don't like to put the last D on it, the disorder part, because it isn't always a disorder. Um, neither one of them are. OCD or ADHD. Both can be problematic, but not always a disorder. Sometimes they're uh, actually very useful. They just need to be tamed. So that's what this is about today. How do we tame it in regards to exercise? Now, OCD stands for Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. In the very earliest days, old Sigmund Freud called it anal, anal, yeah, great word, anal retentive, meaning basically perfectionism or holding on to things, holding on to perfection. Things have to be just a certain way. I'm uh, very grateful to say I've got a little bit of both of ADD and OCD. So um, there you go. But I don't like to, like I said, I always put the D on the end. Um, 
let's uh, you know take OCD for example. I mean, if you get up into an airplane, wouldn't you want your pilot to be a touch OCD? I mean, you want him checking those dials, rechecking them again, and making sure everything's good to go, and he's make sure that the the uh, instrument panel and all that stuff. I don't know a lot about flying, but I have a feeling there's a whole lot of things have to be perfect before you take off. Don't you want to make sure you got somebody in the cockpit that wants them to be perfect? Or do you want somebody that basically looks over, that doesn't have any tendencies towards OCD, and basically says, oh, I think we're good. You know, I don't think we need to double check it. You know, we're good. You know, that's an obvious answer, what we'd prefer. So it's not always a D. It's not always a disorder. And in both of those cases, they typically just uh, irritate the person that has it. Well, maybe they, you know, can, the perfectionism can bother other people or the all over the place boredom can bother other people. But really, they're just uh, bothering themselves, so to say. But uh, again, how does this relate to exercise? So let me give you examples of this and how we can tame it. So as a trainer, and a physiologist and a coach, you know, it's kind of like, what term do we want to use? Well, my degree is in physiology, so like that's where I try to think about things, you know, rather than just rotely throw them out there for everybody to memorize or me memorize a per perfect set of um, acute program variables. I'd rather give it the thought it takes, the science behind the programming, and that's where the physiologist comes in. Personal trainer, you know, is, is the job title. At the same time, I haven't always loved that title of trainer because that's more like indicative of like stimulus response, you know, like you give a dog, which I love, you know, a dog biscuit, they're going to do what you want them to do. So there's a lot more than just training, you know, people. There's education. So really, I think coaching is really the best title. I think that's the most appropriate for really what I do because I write out the plans, I instruct the plans, and then I help the person carry out the plan. I think it's really more coaching. So I'm just gonna use that term at least for today on that. So as I coach and I sit down and I figure out a training plan for somebody, that's where that OCD and ADD can come in a little bit. So the OCD is going to make a plan and then the plan is going to be carried out. Now I am really, really good when it comes to writing these plans and giving them to clients because you're supposed to plan the plan and not plan the results. In other words, we write out what we think is the best idea for somebody. And a lot of it is pretty general information. For example, most people know they don't want to train the same muscle groups resistance training wise two days in a row. They know that that's probably not the best idea because physiology says that things get broken down, that's catabolism, and then they need time to grow, and that's anabolism. Okay, so again, that's the example of the physiology coming into play. And so knowing that, we would put a workout, if it's a full body workout, for example, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Monday, Thursday, or Tuesday, Thursday, depending on what the other person has going on in the work schedule, 
and the rest of their exercise schedule. So we put that plan together, and again, that's pretty general. I think I think that's pretty common knowledge. And in the case of aerobic activities, it kind of applies too. So in other words, if somebody is training for 5Ks or 10Ks or triathlons, then they're going to want to run, but probably not schedule two hard runs two days in a row because hard runs take more out of you than, say, easier aerobic exercises. So that has to get planned out a little bit. And then if they're doing a triathlon, the other segments, the other modes have to be planned out. So there are things to think about, but what comes in for the person who is OCD, now it's very hard to help yourself basically. So again, when it comes to helping other clients and making their programs, some again are very generalized and not so difficult. Um, some are more difficult and depending on that person's personality, of OCD and ADD or none or neutral or whatever, it could become more difficult as well because they might have a set idea how things have to be and then things really can get tricky. So you have to like be very flexible and basically the bottom line is this, you just do the best you can. You plan the plan to the best of your abilities and then you let it rip and it's not always going to be perfect. And that's where the OCD thing comes in. Now, some people, they don't struggle with that at all. Like the, the people that maybe don't have any tendencies. I'm taking these both as we go OCD and ADD, and I'm going to try to explain how they both come into play here as we go instead of just doing one and the other. So some people might be really good if you give them a plan. Like, for example, I just said, to somebody who I coach, I said, look, I'm going to make your weekly template. They have sort of a difficult schedule because they have kind of strange work hours and uh, they are training for a triathlon or, you know, they multiple, whatever, have a little bit of an injury. So trying to put that together to make it work. But I said to him, I said, look, I'm going to plan this plan, but it, you know, it's not going to be perfect. And we may have to adjust here or there depending on this. And they said, okay, now, they said okay because they really don't have a tendency towards OCD, towards perfectionism. Okay is a key word, meaning okay, it's gonna be okay, or that's okay. They didn't say, I need it perfect. Because that's where we can really get into trouble because there is no such thing as a perfect plan. And I have to tell myself that all the time because I could sit down and write myself something and it starts out, you know, pretty, uh, you know, um, basic and good and everything. And then I start going, oh, no, but what about this? Oh, you know, well, I don't want to do legs after this. That's going to impact this recovery. And I can't do this. And if I was doing it for somebody else, I would be using much more rational reasoning and understanding, well, you know, this isn't, uh, you know, supposed to be perfect. Let's do the best we can, knowing that we can only control so much anyway, and we don't really have to over analyze getting back to Freud's term anal retentive we don't have to over analyze these programs we just have to make them pretty darn good and be cognizant of the fact that most people if trained and coached well will know how to make adjustments based on how they feel so 
with OCD, if you don't understand really what that means is exactly what I just summarized. You would give somebody a plan, they would look at it, and I've had clients like this, and it must be, and I've been that way too, so you know, it must be very troubling to them, very, very difficult, because they'll say, so when you say green beans, like what kind of green beans do you mean? And I'm not joking, this is a literal example of somebody I worked with, I'm not making fun of them because they had great, great, great results with my diet plans, for example. Um, and maybe they had great results because they were so OCD about it. But, you know, it, it must have been difficult to say, well, you know, green beans. Well, can they be canned? Sure. Well, do they need to be sodium free? And I'd, you know, then you get caught up in the questions and all of a sudden, you're like, well, yeah, you, that's true. You do want to get rid of as much sodium as you can, so wash them out first because you don't want to, you know, have any water retention. And so you're going down this thing, and other people would go, okay, green beans. And they might even go, well, green beans are green, so I'm assuming broccoli is okay, which in reality it is. They're not saying green licorice is okay. They're saying broccoli. So... A person that's not OCD is going to kind of go in that direction. A person who is OCD is going to like need every second planned out, need every food item planned out. You can't leave any ambiguity with them at all. It's like it's got to be this way. What happens with people with OCD is so they have the obsession and that would be, you know, um, what am I going to eat? How much am I supposed to eat? So constantly thinking about that. And like the compulsion is in this case, like the, the action to make sure like this is all okay. And you know, let me, um, let me double check this. Let me double check that. And what happens in between if those things aren't satisfied is anxiety. You know, not people don't understand anxiety all the time. It doesn't mean that like they're bouncing off the walls or the heart rate's racing. It just means that their brain can't shut it off. They feel very uneasy until they get to the point where they think they have perfection. In the case, a meal plan, perfection will tell me exactly how much mustard I should have, tell me exactly how many green beans to have, how many ounces or whatever, how many nuts, you know, literally, nine or 11. This is an actual conversation. Now, do you ridicule them as a trainer? Of course not. No. I mean, I'm, I was going to say weird because I, I work with other trainers, you know, we're thankful that they care that much. I mean, they, they want to get it right. It's coaching them to understand, which you're not going to change that mindset, but it's coaching them to understand that, well, you know, it is okay if you violate this a little bit, but at the same time, you give them what they're looking for. They're, you give them, like, the answers they're seeking, which is they want the exact. So you give it to them. So the difficult part, though, with exercise, so diet diet is one thing, and then there's the exercise thing too. So the exercise thing is, well, when I go to the gym, am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to do that? You know, I'm going to do this perfectly, or I can't do it. It can be a definite negative in the exercise and training world, because again, there is no such thing as a perfect plan. We plan it out. Let's say, for example, somebody is a bodybuilder, and you say that all right so on this day you're going to train your pecs and your lats so your chest and your back 
you know, your, your plan says to do three sets of incline press, three sets of decline press, three sets of flies, do all of them at 12 repetitions. I'm just kind of winging this to give you an example. For your back, you're going to do three sets of six pull-ups, three sets of 10 pull-downs, and three sets of 12 seated row. You say, okay, that's perfect. How many times a week do I do that? You do that two times per week and you give yourself at least 72 hours in between. So say Monday and Thursday, do your chest and your back. So you planned it out. That way each muscle group can be trained two times per week. Now they go to the gym and some of those exercises are taken. And you know the, per the perfectionist in them says, well, he said to do them in this order. I need to do them in this order. So what do they do? This is an example where OCD can be a detriment to somebody's exercise plan because the physiologist will answer that and say, it doesn't matter. Like, your muscles do not know the difference, really, between a pull-up and a pull-down, depending on your body weight. It can sense the weight, but let's say you're 165 pounds like me, and you do a pull-up, and then you put 165 pounds in a pull-down machine and hold the same grip. Do you really think your muscles all of a sudden know they're doing a different exercise? Of course not. So really, when we sit down and plan things, we're trying to do the best we can to plan out what we think the body needs. And in the case of bodybuilding, we're trying to stimulate muscle groups from different angles. And there's only so many angles. Like there's a horizontal push and a vertical push. There's a horizontal pull and a vertical pull. And then there's accessories. And I'm not going to bore you or go down the road with all that. But like if you're covering them, you got it. And there is no such thing as perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect rep range. There's no such thing as a perfect load. I mean, ultimately it all comes down to with exercise is doing it, just simply doing it. I mean, there's been many instances where I've been traveling and I threw the plan out the window and said, you know, I'm just gonna do something every day. And even if it totally goes against the laws of physical fitness, meaning doing the same muscle groups each and every day. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it to put myself in a better mood and the sweat and feel good. And of course, I've been fine. Like, you really don't know the difference, or the, the muscles don't know the difference. What you have to look out for is overtraining, because overtraining can just basically zap your results and, and throw you back a little bit. But you can be on the perfect plan and still overtrain, and you can be on a chaotic plan, which I'm not saying that derogatory. Some people are on chaotic plans and do just fine, meaning they just kind of do what they feel like doing and not overtrain or overtrain. So it really comes down to paying attention to the warning signs and doing things with the right motives and all that. Like if we go out and every time we train, we're racing the person next to us, you know, that motive is ego. So most likely we're going to overtrain. Or if we're always racing ourselves when we're not supposed to, most likely we're going to overtrain. And so you can overtrain anyway. So really, to wrap up the OCD end of things, for the perfectionist, me, guilty, you make the plan the best you can. You follow it to an extent, loosely. You plan the plan. You do not plan the results. You just loosely follow it. And you say, well, you know what? This isn't open today. The YMCA I'm supposed to swim today isn't open today. You know, I might as well not do anything. Well, that's kind of silly. You know, what is open? You know, your bicycle, you go for a walk, you know. So you just do the best you can or you're traveling. You go, well, I can either like, 
you know, wreck everybody else's day and force everybody to stop the car and go into this gym and do my workout. Or, you know, I can do something else. I can do something while we travel or I can simply take the day off or, or whatever. But with that, with OCD, you plan the plan the best you can, not overanalyzing. You don't plan the results, okay? Easier said than done, I get it. But you plan the plan, you don't plan the results. ADD. ADD and OCD, when it comes to exercise, are like polar opposites because the OCD plan plans everything out and the ADD side says that is boring as hell. I don't wanna do that again. So how do you satisfy the ADD brain with exercise? You allow flexibility. You know, you simply allow flexibility. Let's say you're on a plan that says you're supposed to do your pec muscles on a certain day. Do it, but do different things. Again, your body doesn't know the difference. Do different things. Just train your pecs. Maybe it's a swim day and your your OCD plan says, oh man, you gotta, you know, do long repeats of 100 meters. And you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. I just don't want to do that. I did it last week. It was boring. I didn't like it. I didn't feel good about it. I was frustrated. You know, don't do it. Do something else. You know, that's what you do, you know, it, it, or, you know, totally blow it off and do a different form of exercise. You know, they, uh, there was a study done. I don't, I wish I could quote it, you know, exactly who did it. I don't remember, but when I, was doing one of my certifications I think it was from the NSCA National Strength Condition Association they are so big on periodization and they're big on linear periodization and man let me tell you if you you know ever have any ADD linear periodization is not for you like they plan the program out six months to a year in advance I couldn't imagine I'd be like a month in and be like burning the plan it's like come on man don't tell me to do three sets of seven. I'm like, no, no, I don't want to follow this. It's so unnecessary. It, it's so silly. Again, plan the plan, plan it out. But anyway, they did a study once and they compared linear periodization, which is basically following this very tight module and it's over six months to a year and each month you change the intensity. Then there is um, undulating periodization, which means that it's a little more flexible. It means that the changes you do, instead of doing them monthly, you do within the week. So for example, it might be a light day on a Monday, medium day on a Wednesday, and a heavy day on a Friday. That's undulating periodization. And then they did basically, um, God, what, I don't even remember what they called it, but basically it was constant change, you know, chaotic periodization. It's funny they put periodization at the end of it because there's no periodization to it. It basically just meant that every time the person works out, they change it up and do something different. And guess what? They pretty much found that they were all the same as far as the results went, which was really good for the people who like to mix it up a lot. And if anybody had an advantage, it was the chaotic one. You know, who knows why? Well, I've got my suspicions. I think that we're always going to do better when we like something. When we enjoy training, we're always going to do something. We're always going to do better. So like if you go into something and you enjoy it you're going to push a little harder you might stay a little longer but you're always going to do a little bit better so that's that's the theory on that so when it comes to ADD just again listen to it a little bit just allow yourself to 
not stick to the same routine all the time. Keep the big plan in mind. Big plan in mind. If you're going to do a triathlon, well, you need to swim and you need to bike and you need to run on a regular basis. Okay, that works. It doesn't have to be the same thing every week. It doesn't have to be the same thing all the time. Just make sure you're listening to your body and you recover. And, you know, after hard days, take easier days and things like that. Shift things around a little bit. Don't get drained. It won't matter what your program is if you do any of that stuff. So I hope that helps. And this is coming at it from the psychological side of things. And it was an absolute great question. Keep hitting me up with them. All right. So until next time, be max fit, be max well.